special emergency coronavirus quarantine episode of Friends in Film. I'm Cooper Hood, joined once again for the first time in I don't even know how long. Too long. It's Josh Traley. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, how are you doing, I'm sir? Great. I don't even remember the last time we did a pod together. October of I think it was Joker, right? Maybe. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's off the top of my head. That sounds about right. Letterbox cannot confirm this. Yeah. But Letterbox is a new thing. Kind of. Have we talked about this since uh, not the pod really. started? No. Is it really that new? No, I it, like I think like it's gone back for a while. But it's only I think kind of become popularized in the last couple of years. Okay. So then, was I just late to the party? Were we late to the party? We were late to the party. Okay, that makes so yeah. much Cause sense. Because, like, I think I only joined, like, I don't know, six months or so before. I was like, Josh, you got to get on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And then you got on. I got Colton to get on there. Um, most other movie. Well, that's that's pretty much it. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> those are the only people that I really know who really care about movies enough to give them ratings and reviews. Yeah. The, the last thing I can see is either Ad Astra, Marriage Story, or Joker. Maybe Hustlers, but we certainly didn't talk about Knives Out or like any of them. It may the... have been Hustlers. I think it may have been Hustlers too. No, it was Joker. Joker was in October. That's true. But I feel like we did something after Joker because I think we've had this conversation off the mic mm-hmm. before and I feel like it was some like really weird like, that's the, that's the last one? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can find out. We, we, prob- have... we probably could. I mean, we have access to the internet and stuff and... Uh... If, if you guys can't tell already, we have no schedule for this podcast. We just figured <laughs> the world is coming to an end. Maybe. We don't really know. That's probably an over-exaggeration. But uh, we just thought, why not get back together on the pod, chat, talk about movies, life. Absolutely. Talk about friends and film. Exactly. So, like, yeah, there are no rules. There are in no rules. In society or this pod <laughs> or, or anything. We are on. we are close to six feet apart, but I don't think we're exactly six. We're probably like... No, we're definitely six feet apart. Are you sure? I feel like we're like, I don't know, five. This There's a ruler right beside me. There is a ruler. How long is that ruler? Because it's not even reaching half the table. It is two feet. Okay, so yeah, we're probably like five feet. Yes. That, so, would, that sounds so, right. So we're we're not quite out the 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 directed uh, space between us, but I think it's I think it's fine. Right. Cooper's germs or Cooper and I's germs are as powerful. That's as right. Person. So yeah, <laughs> it'll make up for it. But I mean, have you been quarantining yourself? What is what is Josh Straley's life been like in a coronavirus world? A coronavirus world has done three things for me. Okay. It has. Caused me to basically drink all weekend and watch movies. Okay. Play Uncharted and become incredibly hyped for the movie that may never come. Ever. It's, it's, <laughs> what a tough break. I mean, come on. Like, there's a lot of bad things that coronavirus has obviously done and is continuing yes. to do to this world. But, like, you just got to think about, like, in this space, this movie space, like movies like New Mutants, which are like weeks away from finally coming <laughs> oh, out, no. delayed again. Uncharted finally <laughs> has a director. It's going to happen. They were casting their rate of film. Nope. Now it's <laughs> delayed indefinitely from even starting production. And even then, who knows what's going to happen because Sony has Spider-Man 3 to do with Marvel. And I would assume Spider-Man 3 takes priority over the Uncharted movie. Yeah. I but would. it's like, wow, tough break. A billion dollars, maybe $200 million. Right. <laughs> Which one? Uh, hard to tell. But it's done that. Most cinematic video game experience I have ever witnessed. Modern Century, Indiana Jones, but lots of spirit and heart and 
just gameplay is excellent. Nice. Okay. And then the third thing is uh, BoJack Horseman. Oh. Great series. Never watched it. It's depressing and dark, but also pretty funny. Aaron Paul's terrific. But is he the is he the lead voice? He is Will Arnett's the lead That's voice. That's what I thought. Okay. Aaron Paul is just his like goofy sidekick. Okay. Who just like shouts one liners and jogs around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all over now, right? It is all over. Um all on Netflix, I think. All on Netflix. Loved it to death. But yeah, that's what quarantine coronavirus has done for me so far. Um, how about you, my friend? Uh, it has required me to work from home. So mm. thankfully, I at least still have a job. Uh, well, I mean, two jobs. I still am writing for Screener. And then I also have my other regular day job that's not nearly as exciting. Um, but it's still important enough, I guess, to have doors stay open, kind of. But Essential. Yes, but we are working from home. So, uh, yeah, that's been an interesting adjustment, uh, especially as the rest of my family is on vacation. So I am literally by myself <laughs> all the time and legit quarantined, which is an interesting uh, adjustment to make. But it's but it's been fine. I'm growing a bit of a coronavirus beard you do it's it's not coming in very well as all my beard attempts do but you know it's uh we'll see how it goes i have another two weeks of staying at home so you never know <laughs> what it's gonna look like in three weeks from now you're calling i didn't even notice facial hair from over <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> sorry exactly i know it's terrible but this is this is like uh i don't know six days so yeah your your shocked expression uh well. is accurate <laughs> this, this is a this, this is, a is the year maybe <laughs> When I won't, I don't see people for months, and then maybe then I will emerge. Total societal collapse. There but even we go. then, the thing is, I feel like I'm going to attempt to grow this, and then I'm just going to like, as I always do, like within like a week, a week and a half is when I'm just like, no, I hate this. I just need to shave it all off. They scratch. They do. Why? It's annoying. Stop it, everybody. And, but then I can't have just like stubble. Like you have like nice, you have a decent stubble yeah. on your face. Perma I, stubble. I can't, I can't grow that. <laughs> so it's just like this splotchy, just like disgusting look probably. And I'm just rocking it because why not? <laughs> <laughs> there are no rules. There Again, are no rules. Yes. My friend, dude, I have to say this though. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to steer this podcast in the direction that I've wanted to steer it since it began. Okay. And it's how great was Knives Out? Oh my gosh. So good. I just watched it again. Uh, like last week, yeah. showed it to the family, and I, 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 I saw this going on on Twitter. What was, what was the end result? How'd it go? Like, I mean, holy smokes! Well, we have not discussed Knives Out properly, no. which is just kind of mind blowing, considering it was like one of our most anticipated movies of the entire year last year. Yes, um, it got Ryan Johnson an Oscar nomination, which mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. But I mean, yeah, the movie's great. Um, that was only my second time watching it. And it's it just still clicks so well. Everything works, yes. even though you know um, everything that's going to happen. Like there's just a lot of great setups and payoffs, and um, the joke still works so well. Everything about <laughs> it is just like incredible. And it's just like I thought maybe it's like all right, you know, maybe on the second viewing it won't be as good as it was in the first. But I think it may have been even better. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can enjoy performances so much more because you're not wa- watching the story, mm-hmm. and that's what for. At least for me, on my like my fourth time, um, like it was just like this is so great, and it, it's really and it's really um, Michael Shanahan's Michael, Michael Shannon? Shannon Michael Shannon's thank you <laughs> sorry not no, the head no, coach. nothing has changed 
uh, Michael Shannon's and um, Chris Evans's, but like, 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 just like the the subtleties and like the random things that they uh-huh. toss in there. But Anna de Armas, like, phenomenal in Blade Runner, and like knew that she would be in other things and be probably as good. But I don't think I was ready for how awesome yeah. she is in this movie. Like, seriously, the best. She's so good. Like, it's. I'm very excited, obviously, to see where her career goes. From here, she's supposed to be playing Marilyn Monroe, in the, I think, in a Netflix movie. It's what? supposed to come out later this year. Um, I think she's doing she's up to doing some other movie with Ben Affleck right now. Um, I don't remember what it is. But, yeah, I mean, she's going to, like, blow up big time. Like, oh, and she's going to be in uh, James Bond at the end of the year now. Yes. So, like, her, like stardom is just going to continue to rise and i really can't wait to see what else they do with or what else she does because yeah she's great she's just so good and have you watched the um uh the ryan johnson like scene breakdown thing with vanity fair for this movie no i have not it's great it's it's a it's the uh initial kind of gathering of the of the family where chris evans finally shows up and they have the big confrontation with everybody. Yeah. And he breaks down the whole scene, like his blocking his, and like everything. And it's so good. And he talks about Michael Shannon and like these little sh- subtleties that he was adding in there that he's like, these are great and unscripted. And like, it's so good. <laughs> yes. So if you like Knives Out, go check that out because you have plenty of time now on uh, quarantine. So it's only like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something, I think. Uh, oh, the Ryan Johnson video? Yeah. It's 23 minutes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Louis, even better. Even like, better. <laughs> more time. Uh, yeah, like, some, like the, some of those things is just like, his like, throws his arms up when yes. uh, he gets um, the kid to admit that he heard that he was cutting off. Um, Chris Palmer was cutting off uh, the kid. Yes. Branson. And it was just like, <laughs> I laugh at it every time because everyone's just like, holy smokes. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then start doesn't dance, and it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's so good. What did you think the uh, first time around? Because, like, I was so surprised initially that, like, Ryan subverted the murder mystery genre in such a way where he tells you who did it yes. and how it happened. Twenty five, thirty five minutes in, like it's it's at least in the first forty five minutes. At least in the first forty five minutes, I think, like around the half hour mark. Yeah, you're like you know who everybody is. You get a feel for the evening, and then it's like, all right, here we go. And I'm like, what have you done? Right. And then, yeah, the only person you haven't met yet is Chris Evans, I think. Yeah, I think Ranson. Yeah, Ranson doesn't show up till the. Remember Ranson? Yeah, Ranson shows is, up the yeah, day he, after. Yeah, because he shows up for that big family gathering. Scene yeah, and kind so of kicks off everything. You learn. You learn what's going on. You learn the stakes, and then Ransom gets thrown into the mix. Yeah, and then that's when everything gets switched up and changed, and then like starts falling apart mm-hmm. or whatever. But it, it, every word of this movie, from beginning to end, is so Ryan Johnson in like every possible way. Like I loved it to death, including like Daniel Craig's character, who like <laughs> is like the the tome or the um the totem of Ryan Johnson that kind of like moves through this movie mm-hmm. and it just that's like dumb but smart and perceptive and wry and like <laughs> just like that 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 accent just like ties it all together perfectly yeah and um eventually you're like <laughs> listening to him talk about gravity's rainbow and he's like oh nobody's read that book <laughs> but here's like the idea of it and it's i don't it, it's so i so good so good yeah i mean obviously we're on board for a sequel i mean like yeah like lionsgate make it happen 
ASAP. He's writing it. He right? is writing it. Yes. Yep. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see. I mean, I, a what it's going to be about, but also just like be who he's going to get in this movie because after the, the success of this first one, it's like if there was any doubt that people wanted to work with Ryan, like people are going to see the, the success of Knives Out and be like, yes, I want to be in that one. So get me Adam Driver, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, I have a hundred percent belief that uh, Kelly Marie Tran is going to be in that movie. Um, like, I just think like that thing's going to be loaded with just like scene stealers and A-list stars. And the next one's going to be, hopefully even bigger than the first one. Yeah, I, I, I literally can't imagine like a sequel to this because he's even going gonna to have probably just a little bit more money this time around oh, yeah. and be able to go ballistic mm-hmm. with whatever line. But basically, line of case is like, we'll probably make this much, so how much profit do we want? Right. And then Johnson's going to be able to go mad, and that's going to be like the greatest thing ever. Because yeah. <laughs> I was not prepared for how good this was. No. No, I mean, I we obviously had high hopes, but like, yeah, you ne- you never really know. And now, we, since again we haven't talked about this, but like, now that we're getting Knives Out too, mm-hmm. like, what do you think is going to happen with his Star Wars movies? Because like, I really want to see more of Ryan Johnson Star Wars, and I think Star Wars could use somebody like Ryan Johnson or just anybody with a clear singular vision of like this is the story I want to tell. Please don't get in my way. And yeah. I will do this and deliver something that's great for a majority of people, I think. Um, but then there's also, it's like, do I want to see him go back to the, like that and maybe risk <laughs> right. getting like messed with or whatever, or just stick with like doing Knives Out 2 or whatever else Ryan Johnson wants and just like let him keep doing his own thing. And I think at this point I'm like, content if we don't get more Ryan Johnson Star Wars movies, even though it would break my heart. Yeah, like, if he writes them, like, he could probably do that. Like, that that's where I would want to see uh-huh. him at least move, be like, here's some Star Wars movies that are different and fun. You know what? I don't even think I would want that. <laughs> Honestly, if he's not all in, right. like, then I'll... you're not going to get a Ryan Johnson movie, because mm-hmm. that's what all these movies are. Right, that's why I like the idea of when it was like, he's going to do a trilogy, that he will write and direct the first one, mm-hmm. and then... I think it would just be maybe he would help write the scripts of the sequels, but like otherwise he's just kind of producing them and letting hopefully other creative people come aboard and just like take the story in new surprising directions. And like that's what I really want to see. And like who knows what we're going to get. We don't even like at this point, I don't think we're going to get a Star Wars movie by 2022. That release date they have set like who's making that movie? The the Weisses are gone. <laughs> the Weisses. Benioff and Weiss are gone. Johnson's already in the throes of knives out two now yeah i don't like i don't think he would pass up doing knives out two to like oh i'll put that very successful hot movie on hold Mm -hmm. and then go back to the franchise that like has brought it's brought him obviously a lot of success and everything and happiness but also just a lot of vitriol online it's like if you're him like you don't need it anymore yeah well exactly And, and two like i mean star wars is a perpetual franchise it'll always have money knives out two like and the Knives Out franchise, I mm-hmm. guess, or whatever it becomes, um, is got like a limited shelf life. I suppose you can't really just sit on a sequel for the movie for like seven years. Right. Like Ryan can come back to this when he's 60 and direct, right. you know, whatever. Because there will be, always be Star Wars movies. That would just be amazing. It's like everybody for like decades is like, man, I can't believe we didn't get that Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> then like 2045. There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's casting. <laughs> It's got a 30-year-old Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown in the lead role. It's just like, wait, what is happening? 
<laughs> Ray's daughter. There yeah. you go. Oh my gosh. But like that's I mean, like like that was one of my favorite things, you know, kind of like maybe even like inching our way towards the other topic of discussion here uh-huh. that we haven't not talked about at all. Um like when the post Rise of Skywalker reactions were out there, I think, like, three times. Thank you, Ryan Johnson, treaded, like, right. top five on Twitter. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Oh, it's Knives Out. And, like, oh, no, these are all Star Wars tweets. Yeah. And, you know, like, related bully and things like that. Like, he's the first Star Wars director that's beloved. Like, you well, can't you uh, can't say to anyone, even, even today, like, so Empire Strikes Back... Ivan Kirshner, right? And they'll be like, what are you talking about? Who's that guy? I thought George Lucas made that movie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he's the first person whose name kind of shines out from, like, Star Wars. I I guess so, but at the same time, I still don't think that he, like, he's definitely not universally loved. So, like, there's, you could have that 90% of people, that 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 number may be too high, but, like, you'd have that large majority of people saying, yeah, Ryan, I loved I loved your movie. I wish you would have done nine instead of JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also going to be that minority who were like, "No, Ryan, you ruined my childhood." And nine was the movie I wanted. And I think there's there is a a mixture. There's a gray area where you can feel both of those things at the same time. I think that's kind of where I fall in the movie. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it, it's hard to say that Ryan like eclipsed Star Wars, and so like. There is that thing where, like, okay, fair. Like, Star Wars it is always going to be bigger than I think any one person besides maybe George Lucas. Yeah, I I would say so. Okay, I'll agree. But I would say it's Star Wars, George Lucas, and there's like, remember that movie Ryan Johnson did? Yeah. How messed up was that? <laughs> in the best way or the worst way, yeah. depending on your perspective. You're in, if your perspective is the worst way, it's a wrong perspective. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, 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 fair, fair, fair. Um, Talk to me, though, about The Rise of Skywalker, dude, because I literally don't know what you think about it other than, like, one text. Uh, maybe what? two. Me and Mayda put out, like, a two-hour pod. Do you not listen? Uh, I listened <laughs> to, like, half of it, and then it was really hard for me, and I didn't come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, because you Because you did not like it? Because I loved it. I it was like... So, you're, mm. you're, with, you're with Amanda. Amanda was, like, all on board this movie. Yeah. She loved it. And I just think that there's... There are parts that I really like, and then there are parts where I'm just like, I don't want to think about that too much, because then I think I'm going to hate this movie. Yeah. And so I've just kind of, like, I haven't thought about Rise of Skywalker in, we're almost April, so in like three, almost four months, really, because I'm just like, I'm not writing about it, Mm -hmm. and I have no real desire to write about it, because I'm just like, it just... It doesn't bring me joy. (laughs) Even though I would say I still enjoyed the movie, and there's like... Mm -hmm. I saw it twice in theaters, um, but like it's not a movie I'm really anticipating like a rewatch about because I just I think the Palpatine stuff's gonna age really poorly. I think that um, I still don't really get the whole Ray Skywalker thing at the very end. Um, still kind of bugs me. Uh, yeah, and it's just like there's there's a lot of things where I'm just like, come on, like I get what they were going for, but I think this movie would have been just like two like three four times better if like palpatine just was not allowed to be in this movie like if terio and abram's like kathleen we're bringing palpy back mm-hmm. and, she, and she was like no you're not doing that because like he's, he's just not needed for this movie and i really wanted to see kylo be the bad guy 
or if he's going to be redeemed, like let Ben get like some actual screen time. Cause that's the other thing. Like I get the sacrifice that he makes and the redemption and everything, but like, it's all so quick. And then him just passing away at, like, at a, a snap of your finger. I'm just like, what? Yeah. And so like, I yeah. think the first like two acts of this movie are really enjoyable. can be really fun. But then the third act is like, is kind of problematic. And it's it's a it's a difficult one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I feel I feel that I do. Um, ah. I mean, even the the for the beginning like four minutes is like some awesome, and then there's like this moon. What? Like <laughs> it, why we didn't need to see Snoke in this movie? I mean, I I like the answer just so it's not like this looming question that people are that like fans are going to debate about for years to come. I was like, okay, fine, like. I guess tell me that he's like if you're gonna bring Palpatine back, like you have to I guess explain that he is nobody. Mm-hmm. But like if he was if Palpatine was around, you could just be like, no, Snoke was like legit, like this really powerful person. The Knights of Ren answered to him, like, and then there's some other like person underneath Snoke who's not like running things. Yeah, or try to like compete with Kylo or something. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it just that didn't get the movie off to a good start though. But you still, but you still loved it. But I still loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's part where, like, I mean, I roll my eyes at that. I roll my <laughs> eyes at the, uh, roll my eyes at Ray Palpatine, and I think I roll my eyes like one other place. I don't know. I think it was like a cut in the movie or something like that. Just not a well crafted movie. Yeah. Like in terms of scenes. Yeah, that's. The, that's. Did the you thing. feel that way watching it? I felt like this movie had gone through some changes. Yeah. And that's why, like. Did you read the Trevorrow script for Duel of the Fates? No, I did not. Okay. Should I? You can. I'll just click that up. Is that real? <laughs> Is that legit? There, there's a legit one online. Uh, that was his. It was his draft before Carrie Fisher's passing. So she still has like a decently sized role, but like, it is bonkers. Like, like enough to make Daisy Ridley cry. Like, there, there are some decisions where I was like, okay, it's a little weird. And I don't know if I would still... I, I still think that movie would be just as flawed probably as Rise of Skywalker. But, like, you're talking the end of the movie takes place on... Um, uh, what's it called? The the, the big the big thing in Clone Wars that everybody always talks about. the With the three... The, the, uh, the Force people that are there. Well, I can't think of what it's called. In Clone Wars? Yeah. Yeah, in the animated series. Oh, um, <gasps> the the uh, the father, son, and daughter. Yeah, yeah, that place. Wow. I can't remember what it's called right now, but that place is like that's the location of the fi- of the finale, and it's just like there's that the dark saber is uh, wielded by a Knights of Ren member. What? Uh, like there's just like so many like deep cut like cool moments. I'm like, we could have got that, but then there's also like the ultimate reveal is that you know Ray is a nobody, which I was like, okay, great, stuck mm-hmm. to that, love it. But then, like, her last name's, like, Solato. Or, like, they give her a last name. Like, Kylo <laughs> oh, says it. no. And it's really, it's, it's really dumb. And they reveal that Kylo knew or was the one who killed her parents or something. Like, and he's known about her this whole time. So, like, that makes that, like, a little a little questionable. But, like, you kind of tie back of, like, that's why he was, like, what girl on Jakku? Like, kind of, like, kind of knew about her maybe. Um, and he was, like, trying to protect her or whatever. But, like, there are some weird connections. But it's. It is a really interesting script, and I, 
again, I still think that movie would be problematic and would not be like, it still would probably be my least favorite of the trilogy. But like, there are some very interesting ideas baked into Trevor's script where it's like, ha, huh. I like, it's really weird to see how they go, go from that to then to where Rise of Skywalker ended up. Wow. I, it is, uh, it is right on my computer now. Wow. Yeah. And like, uh, Wow. I, I won't give it because you're going to read it, I assume, now. So I'm not going to just go like beat by beat through all like these big moments. But there are some like really interesting ideas that I'm just like, man, I really I kind of wish now that like Trevorrow could have made it work. But I, I don't know how I don't know how that all works out. I don't know either, but I am very interested in this. and I'm so happy it exists. Yeah, that's but, that's, but <laughs> the reason I brought this up in the first place is because. All of the talk online when like the script came online and like all the like, the Trevor o concept art started going around, everybody's like, like release the Trevor o cut, like all this stuff. I'm like, Jeez. I was like, I don't really care about that because it's a hypothetical movie that we'll never obviously see. Mm-hmm. Like, what I want to know, what I want to see and re- read is the original JJ and Terrio script because yeah. I think the one, like the movie that we got, is very different than the movie that they were starting out making. I mean, there's even rumors out there that the Palpatine, that the Ray Palpatine twist was added like super late in the game. Yeah. Adam driver said that he did ADR dialogue for that scene. Um, in a closet, like, you know, like the one, the one where he is like there, like, um, he's, he's masked up and like Ray's about to jump into the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause it is such a weird, it's like, why is he in a mask right now? But, I have so many questions. Yeah, well, I mean, he's put the mask on for all those reasons, but oh, he takes them off too. Yeah, he keeps taking it off and putting it on, and so that a lot of people on the internet are theorizing that whenever he has the helmet on, it's a reshoot, and that you couldn't get driver aboard because of his scheduling. So then, oh my god, they have a body double, and then Adam just does the voice. Jeez, that would make sense. But I mean, it, yeah. I'll, I'll buy I'll buy Star Wars conspiracy theories. Like, oh, see, yeah. like Rise of Skywalker is one of these pulpy movies where. I'll just go ahead and indulge all of my impulses on it because <laughs> I, I, I love every beat of this movie from the um, opening scenes, I guess, like Kylo Ren just going ham and uh, on his own. On Mustafar? On, yeah. Which I, I wish I would have known that the first time, but exactly. it's fine. Why was Vader's castle not just like a completely obliterated? Yeah. For like, you know, point of emphasis, it was my idea. They should have taken it. They should have taken it. Yeah. Anyway. And then there's the hyperscape skipping. Like, that is pure Star Wars magic and fun in those, like, first 10 minutes. Watching Poe just be like, fire, fire everywhere <laughs> as he's getting off the Falcon and all, all that jazz. But, um, yeah, like, there's no no part of it is just like, well, this is stupid. You know, other than like, watching them need a dagger to find the location <laughs> of the makes, Death Star. Like, like, no sense. That was the only thing where it's just like, if you if you stop to think about it, it gets worse. I think yeah. that's like you said. The Ray Skywalker thing, like, that's funny more than anything else. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, those are her family now. But then they made a big deal about her parents in the past, so it's like, well, that doesn't really line up exactly yeah. right. Like, at least theoretically. Like, I, the thing is, like, the that ending, like, her, like, saying her last name is Skywalker now works for me if she's not a Palpatine. If she was just like, I don't know where my parents are. And then this rando on Jakku is like, or on Tatooine is just like, so, uh, who are you? Ray? Right. Ray what? And she just goes, Ray Skywalker. Then it's like, okay. She's just like, she's accepted that the people who aren't her family, 
her like blood family are her actual family. Like I get behind that idea, but just her to be like, no, I reject, I reject that. I still kind of buy, but I don't buy it as much as uh, if she would just be like, I'm just going to be a Skywalker because yeah. I don't know where I came from. Exactly. Like it would have been, it would have been actually cooler if she would have like proudly said the word Palpatine other than right. like, <laughs> like Skywalker, you know, because it's like, well, I don't care who they are. I'm not, I'm like, I'm me, Yeah. you know, like get with it. Get lost, lady. <laughs> Why are you on my property? This is my moisture farm. <laughs> but uh, Ray has the coolest lightsaber. Oh my gosh! The, yeah, the sweetest, most active. Even though I'm totally bitch. like, because when she flips it, there's like different colors that like kind of like flicker, right? Oh, uh, at least that's how I that's how I remember it. I have it on my Twitter right now. Um, I've got it a thousand times. And if that's the case, I was like, I don't get how that makes sense, just based on Star Wars canon and how you bleed lightsaber, you breed the. Uh, kyber crystals and they choose the color for you basically and it's like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me but like i i could be wrong about that or well as you would know if you play or you have played the um fallen order fallen order yeah but that's different because it's a video game so it's like sure you can change lightsaber color whenever you want <laughs> they <laughs> also allow you to... if you hold the crystal up to the light in a certain way <laughs> it becomes go. violet instead of red okay. so you're good to go Right? That's how it goes. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, looking at it right now, right now, right now, and I mean, maybe it's flickering. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's probably tough to tell, but that's just kind of how I remember. It's like, oh, that's a, that'd be an interesting idea if she could just change her lightsaber color or whatever, but, I was like, but it also doesn't make sense with canon, so whatever. Um, oh, I see what it is. It's the, the, it's the ignition, really. Oh, okay. There's that blue, there's a blue spark, and it's like... Yeah powering up and then it turns into oh, the color okay. okay that works then I, I for whatever reason my memory is like it goes like there's like a flicker of like blue green red then yellow pops up and i was like huh Did she just have them all in there <laughs> might as well not if you have a I dial guess. ring whatever so. sweet stuff if you can um but i do think that uh with rise of skywalker i think that with all the problems that it has i think its biggest one is just that it has so many ideas that it's cramming into this two and a half hour movie where I kind of, as the more I've kind of sat on, I've just kind of been like, I, I think it, you could still like not like eight's not totally necessary to where I guess nine ultimately becomes except for like killing Snoke and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I think it almost would have been beneficial. And it, if they would have just been like JJ, like bringing you back, do this movie. And then they read his script and be like, Listen, you probably have enough in here for like two movies, so let's do nine and ten, mm. and then you get like everything up until like the Ben turn, and then Ray leaving to go find uh, Exegol. Like, yeah, that's movie one, and then movie two you get like Ray conflict with the dark side, a whole movie of redeemed Ben Solo, and then like you get whatever conclusion you want then. But it's like I feel like you could have like that probably would have been better. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, or just a three and a half hour movie would have been nice. I guess. Like, come on, like, I don't know what, like, I mean, Dominic, um... Monahan. Dominic Monahan said that, uh, like, hey, like, there's a lot of my stuff that's not in there. That's yeah. crazy. But then Greg Grunberg was like, no, there's no JJ cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys are dumb. Yeah, I don't need a JJ cut, but, um, like, the original, the original story definitely seems to have changed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I doubt we'll ever know that because I'm sure (laughs) JJ and Lucasfilm want to keep whatever alternate versions of this story or script or movie are out there. Like, 
as far away from the public eye as possible. But yeah, the pros, pros. You mean like yeah. JJ's just like, all right, that's the movie now. All right, thanks for the check. Yeah, like, so, yeah. like you'd have to probably have somebody uncover it, find it, actually like be like, no, I've seen this alternate version of the movie, and then ask like JJ in an interview, be like, so mm-hmm. through a variety of resources that I cannot explain to you, <laughs> I saw an alternate version of this movie where X, Y, and Z happened. Mm-hmm. Why'd you change it? And yeah. he'd be like, uh because i wanted to yeah <laughs> it would take a deep cover agent to rise through the ranks of lucasfilm <laughs> become its president yeah then <laughs> uncover the footage yeah, yeah become best friends with jj and then just like record him secretly talking about all the changes <laughs> he made and then publish that online that's the only way jj abrams needs to be drugged and then we can get him through <laughs> that's what we're saying yes that's the endorsement here if your mission if you choose to accept it <laughs> don't actually do that anybody no, definitely, that definitely is not. so wrong um yeah, but like that it's it's just fun in Star Wars actiony where you just don't need to think yeah. like literally anything and then you're like I know that. <laughs> and that's 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 the furthest extent you need to go. Yeah. And that's fine. I enjoyed like the heck of it. Have you like checked in at all to the um uh what's it the High Republic uh thing they're doing? No, I haven't yet. I know it's the first launching point for it is yeah it in like, out? in like october or something i think is when the first book drops but yeah that's interesting that's interesting just like going like that far back i'm interested in, in as an idea but also like why do i have to go to like just comics and books to like get that content like and there's there's theories out there there's a great one like uh, from uh, uh john hoey of uh, star wars newsnet and the resistance broadcast podcast um where he's kind of like theorizing that the announcement of Project Luminous, which was the high Rep- the High Republic stuff, like came a couple months after Banner for Wise were hired, and it's like yeah, there were all those rumors that their movies were going to be set hundreds or thousands of years before the prequels, and like that's what the High Republic era is. So it's like it all makes sense to be like Lucasfilm was kind of building its like big ginormous like multimedia event to just do Star Wars in a new direction, right? And then Banner for Wise thing fell apart and they're like well crap what do we do with all this material and idea yeah, we've, already, and... we've already paid like a dozen authors and comic creators to like make this stuff it's already begun we can't just like pull the plug on it so it's just a book and comic event exactly. now exactly until we find somebody who wants to like come aboard and make movies in this timeline as well oh uh, which i mean would probably be tough if you don't have you don't like loving the what they're trying to put down you know yeah i uh, mean we also we, there's the uh, the rumors that Taika Waititi is being courted for a Star Wars movie. I saw that. I could see it. Like I'm sure Lucasfilm would want him, but I don't. I again, I just don't think Taika could work in that in the same environment that we've seen Lucasfilm operate in for the last five years. Like, if Lord and Miller are getting fired for improv and changing stuff, like. Mm-hmm. That's like Taika's mo, <laughs> and so like I'm I'm sure he was maybe reined in a little bit for like Mandalorian because that was TV and that was not his thing, but at the same time like I think he would go back to his roots and kind of be a little more loosey goosey mm-hmm. on a on a set of a giant Star Wars movies. And I don't know if they would totally dig that. Yeah, I don't. I I, I my mind sputters at that <laughs> thought because I mean Lord. But at the same time though, Taika Waititi is a much more professional director than I think Lord and Miller may be have had the experience of being i guess i guess they ha- he has done bigger things so like he's already has he has a marvel movie under his belt he's got some other like he's gonna have another one under his belt here in a couple of 
yeah i guess in a year and a half now at two this point searchlight pictures you know too so yeah i mean he's he's definitely doing more than lord and miller but like you know they also did i mean 21 22 dump street like they've got and then directed an animated movie yeah like they've they've got experience but yeah i guess they don't have a 150 200 million dollar movie that they can be like oh this is how we're supposed to act this is how like costly every single second and take is for a movie of this size and we maybe can't afford to do 55 takes of this one thing and we have to limit ourselves a little bit i don't know but i mean if taika was announced to be the new director of star wars or something like i would be excited obviously but cautious i would just be like so thrown by the direction i think that's my biggest thing like whoa where's this going guys <laughs> right. what are we doing and then i'm just like you know hang on every one of taika's words um for the foreseeable future that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, since it is like, you know, Corona stuff going on, mm-hmm. quarantined, um, what was, you know, we have no movies out. So, <laughs> you know, all a, canceled, uh, a, a, a sort of a blessing in disguise that we <laughs> put the podcast on hiatus, uh, <laughs> when we did, because we currently would, we would have made it through like the two and a half month drought of like covering like Doolittle and like a couple of good movies here and there with like the way back or invisible man. But it's like, yep for the most part would have been like this these weren't movies weren't that good um <laughs> no but we have the big summer season coming around the corner and now it's pretty much all gone through may uh there's still some june stuff available now but like what was the last movie you saw in theaters onward onward yeah that's as far as i got i went that, was what, with you. that would have been the week after and i saw bloodshot on oh. my birthday yeah how was it <laughs> It was. For it, um, it was a movie mm. that was uh, had some decent action, um, but like the kind of traditional like Vin Diesel trying to do probably too much. Yep. Um, but uh, what's his name? Lamorne uh, Morris from New Girl, uh, who plays uh, Winston on yeah. the show. He is in this movie. He's hysterical. Uh, probably the scene stealer. And then uh, Isa Gonzalez, who I'm a huge fan of. She was she's great in the movie as well. But yeah, I mean, the movie's, the movie's not great. But uh, yeah, it was a weird experience seeing that as like my last <laughs> movie so far of the year. Um, also because like at that point, that's when it's kind of like oh, this coronavirus thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of getting a little serious. Um, and so like when I went to go see it, I saw it. I saw it at a Regal Theater, and I was like, "Okay, like there's like I don't know a dozen other seats probably reserved when I bought my ticket." Yeah. And then I sit down, and like right before the movie starts, like this couple sits right next to me, and I'm just like, "What are you guys doing?" Like, no, I don't like this. But then like there were like six different people coughing during the movie, and I was like, mm. "Oh crap." <laughs> Here it goes. 26 is starting off with a bang. I'm getting coronavirus watching Bloodshot. Oh, no. Not even worth it. But it's been two weeks and I don't have coronavirus as far as I know. So That's that great. experience did not do it for me. That's good. It'll That's be good. one of my dozen trips to McDonald's or something. They'll <laughs> give it to me instead. Most people are asymptomatic, though. So Yeah. So they say. Have you rewatched Contagion or seen Contagion? Yes, I did. Since we're in the midst of all of uh, this. That's what, I, that's, what, uh, that's what I watched like a, the day or two before. It was mostly spurred by the Rewatchables podcast. They were like, we're going to do Contagion. I'm like, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Yeah. And I remember hating it when I watched it the first time. Because I was like, I, I so all I remember is I hated the ending. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again. I was like, my 14-year-old self was an idiot. <laughs> 
This movie's great. Yeah, dude, what a stacked cast. It is. I literally ridiculous. forgot everybody that's in it. You start off with Gwyneth Paltrow, then you meet Lawrence Fishburne and um, Marie Cotillard, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden Matt Damon shows up. Matt Damon's there. Then you got Kate Winslet comes in the picture. <laughs> what? Um, uh, who is it? Uh, Michael Keaton, I think. Some, somebody makes like a really like. They're in there for like 30 seconds as Fishburne's like boss or something. I'm just like, wait, what? Oh, that's right. Hang on one second here. I'm going to look up but the it's, cast. It's either like Michael Keaton or like Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Michaels. And I'm just like, wait, what? You're in this movie too? I think it is Keaton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's Jude Law running around yeah. as this like freelancing reporter. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That, that cast is crazy. Oh, and then Brian Cranston and uh, yeah. Elliot Gold are on there. Um, Dimitri Martin's one of the scientists. Yeah, and then who's the other? Who's the the female one who like cures the whole thing? Oh yeah, we're see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. I can't. Uh, I want to say it's Sarah Paulson. But I know that's not right. <laughs> no. Um. There's nobody's names that are like jumping off the list at me here. I don't know, but she's good in that movie too. But it is. When did when did you watch it again, or did you watch it again? I watched it. Um, probably like oh Jennifer. Uh. Ellie? Maybe. Ela? Maybe that's it. El. I don't know. Yeah, but that's her. Um, I watched it like probably right when people are like, uh, we should probably take this thing seriously. Yeah. And then my brother uh, Zach is just like, dude, I'm going to watch this Contagion movie. I'm like, oh, you'll love this movie. Let's <laughs> do this. And like just jumped down in front of him. And I'm like, wow, this is really intense. And it just like uh, – Goes through goes through all the things so quick and so intense. It's actually like pretty gruesome. Yeah, particularly when they're like just stacking bodies mm-hmm. out in mass graves. I'm like, wow, I forgot this scene existed. And then all of a sudden, Kate Winslet's body shows up out there. And you're like, yeah. what? No. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, nuts. Uh, I do. I did. A, I was able to appreciate this time the color in the movie mm-hmm. because it's like all sickly green, and you're just yeah. like. Well, I feel like I'm diseased now. And then no matter, and then like, just like the simple things, once you say, don't get sick, anytime someone just touches something, no, there's no music cues or anything like that. I mean, there may be some music cues, but there's nothing like inherently dramatic about it. But this guy on the bus is just like, go to grab the pole. And you're like, no, right. don't do that. Well, like, just like the opening couple minutes, it's like, that's all it is. It's just people touching things that other people touch and just like showing like the spread. It's just like, I don't want to touch anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Holy smokes. Yeah, it it phenomenal movie. Um like yeah, I can't believe that I was just like meh about it back yeah. in the day. That's what's like I don't even I can't like the only memory I have is I was like I was mad that they I was like they didn't even they didn't even cure it. I'm I'm upset. And I was like <laughs> I'm that's not even what happened. They did cure it. So I I, I really don't know what <laughs> I'm thinking about or am I confusing contagion with like a different like mega virus movie but like i'm pretty sure it was that yeah it is that but the ending doesn't make sense because you're like wait a minute why are they putting this thing next to sars and h1n1 and then Uh, yeah somebody's like that's because the government made the virus and they're like no very clearly the very very end of the movie is a bat bites a pig which is yeah they showed day one or before day one i guess yeah which is very literally like coronavirus so yeah which is even crazier. It, it is. It is. Strand. It is like ridiculous and just kind of like how like they're talking about social distancing, don't touch, not touching your face, san- hand sanitizer, like all of like the same things that like 
we are dealing with now is like very legit and it, it is it was a very eerie watch uh i don't know two weeks ago when i watched it mm-hmm. if i watch it again now i'd be like what like, <laughs> like there's literally a playbook do yeah. these things right it, now it is it is insane like the only i think the the biggest difference obviously is that the uh the death rate is nowhere near as high as it was for yeah the wh- whatever fake disease they have for uh contagion but yeah it is it is nuts and it's just like that's where i was kind of like huh okay <laughs> maybe uh we should be treating this a little bit differently yeah because even like a couple of days before it was right around that time uh you know there was like you know we're just, that was when like the movie started to be delayed a lot and so i was like well i'm, I'm watching like my summer just like Melt disappear <laughs> in terms of like what i could cover and write about and so i'm just like oh my gosh i'm just like but like you know it's not that bad like it'll be fine like it's 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 all overseas for now like we're we're barely like reporting anything mm-hmm I'm like it'll be it'll be okay, and I I I pitched an article uh, that instead of delaying Black Widow, Disney should move it up because I'm like, No Time to Die is not there anymore. Like April's vacated. Like it's like prime real estate. They <laughs> yeah. can just take full advantage of it. And I look back at that now. I'm just like, Wow, <laughs> so wrong, <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> not even not even close. Like no, like I was so wrong. And it's, it's just it's just crazy to see how quickly like the perception of this thing can change to go from like, Oh sure. This movie could be, this movie could move up because it's, it's not going to be that bad to then like, Oh, this movie is going to like be delayed like several months or in like fast nines case. Like we're going to push the thing back the entire year yeah, <laughs> just to be, be sure. Like we are way clear of this thing and mm-hmm. we're going to capitalize at a time when the worldwide economy is back to a place where we can hopefully make another billion dollars with the movie. Yeah. And it's just like nuts. Exactly. Like, like are you like, Coming out of the, the probably recession, so like where do you where do you plant movies? Where do you stack movies? All of these things. You have a Screen Rant article I do. Um, that I have not looked at yet because you're right here in front of me. Oh, you want me to just explain it to you? Well, I mean, just like maybe 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 sprinkle the good stuff on okay. top, the big the big points, and then people can drill down for the, the the sweet stuff. All right, I'll give I'll give some some of the biggest ones. So like, I suggested that. Black Widow, which was originally supposed to come out on May 1st. Um, I think that is probably Disney's priority, even though I know Mulan was supposed to come out beforehand. Mulan can come out whenever, and it doesn't change the next three years of Disney on the big screen and on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, that can go out later than Black Widow, whereas Black Widow, unless you want to delay all of Phase 4 by like a movie slot and then as a result, probably delay Disney Plus uh, series as well, which I don't. I think Disney wants to avoid at all costs because they have like no original content on there. No, and it is kind of baffling. Um, but so I suggested that Black Widow should take the first weekend in July, uh, which is currently occupied by Free Guy, which is a 20th Century Fox, or I guess it's just 20th Century Studios. That's right. Uh, now it's one of their movies, but they're now owned by Disney. So I was like. Listen, free guy again can come out at a later date, and it's not gonna hurt anything. Go on Disney Plus. Put Black Widow there. Started July. I that's three months from now, and everything I've read and seen is like we're gonna be like peaked in April, probably by like the end of April. So then, if we're going back down, that's you know two months to then have 
the economy and theaters reopened and everything kind of getting back to somewhat normal. Yeah. And so I was like, that's why I'm going Black Widow there. Then you don't have to delay Eternals as well. You don't have to delay Falcon Winter Soldier. You don't have to delay all of this stuff that is like kind of waiting on Black Widow to kickstart everything. Yeah. So um, that was one of them. Um, I said uh, Mulan should take Jungle Cruise's spot at the end of July. I said, uh, uh, what was? Oh, I said a Quiet Place Two. That's right. Um, could come out the week before Wonder Woman Two, so the first week of August. I'm like. It kind of it kind of needs to kind of come out at like a good point where everything's getting back to normal, but mm-hmm. then you can also restart a marketing campaign, which yeah. is another huge factor in all in all this because you can't just be like, yeah, this movie's coming out in two weeks, go see it. Like a lot of people are not going to know that, so you have to restart a marketing campaign that was finished, and like that's gonna that's gonna be a huge task uh, for Paramount. I think. Uh, yes. Universal. Um, yeah, it's it's Paramount. I'm pretty sure. Um, so like that's like a huge factor there. And uh, what's the other big one? I mean, those are like the three big ones. And I just kind of was like, yeah, you know, these other movies can take other studio release dates, and mm-hmm. we can kind of move some other stuff around here. But yeah, it was it was very complicated. I had a whole whiteboard process, <laughs> but uh, it was it was it was needed. And but it was also eye opening just to be like. This is gonna like this is gonna take a lot of work from multiple studios to get this in a place where you can release multiple you can like you can release all these movies still hopefully at the end of this year mm-hmm. without delaying a lot of other big titles like I think that that's probably not gonna be totally the case like across the board like right now Wonder Woman 1984 has an August 14th release date yeah maybe I mean I think that we'll be back getting on our feet by that point but maybe maybe not maybe theaters are still going to be slowly opening up at that point right and then they're gonna have to push it to like november and take godzilla vs kong spot or something then you have to put push that movie back like there's like so many things that it's like this isn't just changing like obviously the first half of this year Mm -hmm. and then will affect the back half it's going to change 2021 and there's even reports today that you know it's possible that Matrix Four or the Batman could be delayed from their release dates because they've been halted production for the last uh, two weeks almost. Yeah, and it's going to continue on probably beyond that. So, like Mission Impossible Seven, they were supposed to film both those back to back, seven and eight. Seven they can't film because it's pretty much all filming across Europe, and all of Europe's on lockdown pretty much. Right. So that movie's I can't imagine seven, let alone eight, hitting their twenty one and twenty two uh, release dates. So. It's gonna. It's just gonna be crazy once everything starts to get back to normal. Because obviously, right now the movie industry is there's like literally no news. Yep. Um, once everything kind of like the once we uh, once we bend the curve or whatever the the term is. Yeah. Flatten um, the curve. Flatten the curve. Once we start to do that and we are on the downward trend, like there's gonna be so many announcements of like, here's a new release date. Here's a delay for this movie. Here's uh, casting uh, adjustments because this person can't be in this movie anymore because of scheduling conflicts. Like, there's going to be, I think, just like an overbearing amount of changes that like I am not prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I didn't realize that like once one domino fell, everything else just kind of like toppled down with it. Yeah. Like James Bond getting moved, I was like, all right, that's just because it's so special and they're trying to keep it super safe. And then all of a sudden, 
Black Widow's rumors start like, oh, they're probably going to maybe move the release yeah. date. But I think something else went before it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like uh, James Bond was the first one to go. And then Peter Rabbit 2, I think, was the second one, ironically Not enough. Peter Rabbit uh, 2. <laughs> I know. Everybody's crushed. Um, but then it was A Quiet Place 2 and Mulan happened like the same day or within like a day of each other. Fast 9 happened as well. That like all within a 24-hour span, those three huge movies all got pushed back. Um, as well as a couple other smaller Disney ones, and then it was kind of just kind of waiting out to see. Okay, when's Disney gonna delay Black Widow? It's kind of inevitable at that point. And yeah, it's it's bizarre. Absolutely, like everything is very. Fra- I didn't realize like the fragility of it all. Like, yeah. When then, like you said, like that is gonna be bananas when people are just dropping entire press releases of here's everything when we're probably doing and probably not doing now. Right. I'm like sure that'll be a factor as like, well. Like Disney will have to, I think change like they've they have with fox titles i think they have like oh, five or six movies without release dates not currently but that well, like artemis fowl still scheduled to come out in late may there's no that'll be fine who even cares at this point about <laughs> artemis fowl i'm still saying it should go to disney plus instead because like they need something sort of big um like that'd make more sense to me than putting that movie out in theaters and in, in any environment because it's it's gonna bomb right um so, like, they're going to announce changes for, like, probably a dozen titles to accommodate the changes of the five or six or seven or however many it ends up becoming. And, like, that's going to continue out throughout the industry. And it's got to, like, studios schedule these movies so carefully to make sure there's distance between their own titles but then distance between competition. So, like, now that Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out August 14th, Black Widow can't come out in August because instantly those movies are competing for the same audience. So it's, like... That's another reason why it's kind of like Black Widow kind of needs to come out in July. Otherwise, it has to take the eternal spot in November, and then you're changing all of Phase 4. Yeah. And I don't think Marvel and Disney can really afford to do that. Or they definitely don't want to do that, obviously, but that is that's, I mean, that's going to be huge well, if that the, happens. Yeah, it's, an, it's a complex content release strategy that like Marvel, like as you lined up, you've taught, we've seen before, like is just like so dependent on each domino being perfectly into place, mm-hmm. which they spent like the, the, basically the creation of Disney plus, you know, right. to, like, you know, uh, carry out a simulate well, all that jazz. So, uh, yeah, so many questions there. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. And I mean, we've already seen that all this stuff sort of change, like the theatrical window because movies aren't able to play in theaters. We're getting like invisible man and, um, Frozen 2. Frozen 2 was released early. Um, uh, Birds of Prey is now available on demand. Yep. Uh, Disney just announced that Call of the Wild is going to be available early for all those Call of the Wild <laughs> fans. Dude, right? it looks like a great movie. Did you see it? You saw I, it. I did not. Aww. But I was just like, eh. People it, said it worked. I'm sh- I mean, sure. But I'm not, I'm not again, but I'm also not going to pay. I wasn't going to go into a theater to see that movie mm-hmm. and use one of my subscription memberships for it. Yes. I'm definitely not going to pay $20 to rent it for 48 hours or whatever. Oh, yeah, no. I would just hope they put it on Disney+. Plus. I felt like it's natural home. You'd think, but like they're doing, I think, Onward is available on VOD right now, um, but then it comes to Disney+, Plus for free, obviously, for subscribers starting on... The third of April, I think. Wow! So like, there's like a two, there's like a two week window of, it's on VOD only, and then boom, it's on Disney Plus a month after it hit theaters. That's crazy. Which is which is nuts. Yeah. And that's where it's like, 
I hope that this like doesn't like it's not going to become normalized because we're still going to have theaters when mm-hmm. this all you know kind of shakes out. But yep. at the same time, like it's gonna like this is going to change things for the movie industry, for streaming, for home release stuff, like inevitably for the future. Yeah. Do you think the end result will be tentpole movies, theaters only, with maybe some smaller art tour things you know going on? Pretty much what Spielberg predicted movie theaters would be like, and like, you know, that's what he said like three or four years ago, I think. Yeah. With all the general release mid-budgetier movies going Maybe. right to streaming, I don't know, but that'll be weird because there's not there's I mean we're obviously in an age of like there's too much content almost, yeah. but there's there's so many things to watch that you can't possibly watch everything. But like it would probably hit a point where you'd need fifty-two major, you need like probably like forty-five major releases each year from Disney, Paramount, Universal. Uh, Sony, and I mean, obviously, whatever Fox does is for Disney, but like, you would, you will need that's a lot of titles for just a couple of studios. Cause like, if there, if that's the model, like, A24 movies aren't going there, neon movies aren't going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the other A1? Uh, I don't remember. Studios? Yeah. The, 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 the small one, not A24, but the other one. I don't remember what it is, but like, like you're you're only going to get so much out of those titles so or out of those studios so it's like it's going to it'll be tough but i i still don't think that there's i don't know i still think that there's so much money to potentially be made at theaters that I, I mean maybe that all changes with streaming stuff when you're like oh we can get 18 million downloads or something in the first weekend or whatever great let's do that and have people pay us directly $20 instead of splitting that money with theater chains and stuff like there's, there's a lot of variables, but I, I really don't want to see this become the norm. The one thing I could see happening and probably will happen is just the shortened like restrictions for whenever a movie starts playing in theaters, it has to wait that amount of time before it becomes available for home video and digital and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I could see that changing a lot because a movie likes um, like the rhythm section, Mm-hmm. came out in January, I think, of this year. January, February. That movie was out of theaters in less than a month. But I, I don't think that was probably the plan for, what was that, MGM or somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that movie's out on, like, DVD and stuff now if you want to buy it, which, I mean, it's fine. You could if you want, I guess. But, like, I, like, I don't see a reason why a movie like that or something like um, what was the other one? Like Girls Boss, or is that what it was? Like a Boss, the Tiffany Haddish Rose Byrne comedy came out really yes. early this year. It looked very bad, um, in my opinion. Annapurna. Annapurna. That's what. It, yes, that's what it was. I didn't even have to look it up. Good job. I just pictured Sean Hannity saying it, <laughs> and that's how I got there. There we go. <laughs> Shout out to the big picture. Uh, but yeah, like it's just. What was I saying? <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, like a Boss was not that great of a movie. Yes. So like a movie like that, like if it's out of theaters in two weeks, like it should be able to be put on VOD or whatever, like the next day. Yeah. Trial run movies in the theater. And if it doesn't do well, like that's what, that's what else. I could see happening is instead of having, you know, movies. Oh, it's movie, Avengers Endgame out of theaters in August, not on, not available for home video until October, but it's now available to rent on Fandango and all and Amazon Prime and iTunes and all this stuff for 
whatever ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, or if you keep it at twenty dollars, be like, well, probably more than one person is going to watch this movie, so it's really not that bad compared to movie price or movie tickets, anyways. So, and then that's the new revenue stream, and so then your studios could potentially like triple dip, where you're getting theater runs, the exclusive VOD runs, yeah, and then you get. But now, if you want to own it forever, boom, here it is there, and then if you don't capitalize on any of that, it's on our exclusive Disney plus or whatever HBO max, whatever streaming service the studio is attached to it's on that three months later. Right. Yeah. It make, I mean, it makes perfect sense for me as a business model. Yeah. I'm still like, what do theaters become and what becomes the purpose of theaters? Like honestly though, it's, it's, it's tough though. You know, like what, 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 what is your argument for that then? What's the delivery system <laughs> going to be? Because you would have to, if you're a movie theater or you would have to eat the cost of something. I think if it, and then hope you win in concessions, it would be, it would be, it would be crazy to even try to think you could outdo that business. Model. Yeah. I think the only thing they would probably try to do is like the way the like agreements work with studios and theater chains is like opening weekend, uh, ticket sales, the studio gets like 90% of that money because like, that's going to be like the biggest amount. And then like that percentage changes over time until it's eventually like more like 50 50 or it's way in the theater owners favor so it's like yeah we still are we're still playing avatar 10 years later <laughs> that theater chain is going to get probably all that money at that point or something so yeah. like i could see that changing where like okay if you're going to reduce the likelihood of us keeping it in theaters for a long time we are not we only want to give up uh you know 70 percent opening weekend or whatever like we're going to cap out like your opening day stuff because we need to make up that back end or i think it's just going to force theaters to just be better yeah, like that's the hope i i love going to the movie theater it's there's nothing nothing beats the communal experience of watching a big movie that you're or even a small movie that you're anticipating whether it's like a comedy and everybody's there laughing together or whatever nothing beats that even if you're staying at home and watching it with your family and friends yeah like that can be fun but it's not going to match the giant experience, the sort of self-aware um, rules of a theater of like, don't be on your phone, don't talk, like kind of behave yourself. Even though a lot of people don't follow that, mm-hmm. there's still a decent amount who I think do follow that sort of um, the guidelines. And that's not the case at home. Like when I watched Knives Out with my family at home, you know, one of my sisters was just talking uh my other sister was like flipping through baby book uh, photos and just like making noise. I'm just like, I'm, and then talking to my parents. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Right. Like, man, like this pay attention. The, the best joke's coming up right here. Come yeah. on. Donut holes and, and so, donut holes. Yeah. <laughs> there's a donut hole, but it's not a donut hole. It's a donut. And inside that, there's another hole. So there's another donut hole. And it's like, the oh. Do- the donut hole within the donut hole. I, I love that. It's, it, that's such a, what a great line. Um, <laughs> but like, there are those distractions at home that, there aren't in theaters yeah so like i could you could tell me right now hey you can watch black widow at home by yourself in the leisure of your home for free or you can go to a theater watch it with 200 people pay 20 dollars um and experience that way i would do the latter all the time because i want that experience but also even if it's a black even if it's black widow it's a marvel it's whatever if i'm at home there is a 90 percent chance that i will look at my phone or my laptop, or something, three to five times, if not more, in a movie. That's why Netflix movies are such a struggle. Exactly. But I think they're also built like that, because they're like, I can watch Spencer Confidential 
and check my phone a dozen times, have my laptop open, not miss a thing. Right. But still get the jokes when they happen and still catch all the action. Mm-hmm. Nothing else really matters. Right. And they're, I think they're kind of designed that way where it's like, I don't want that to be the case for, for movies. So like, I want them to always be there to have that experience. But then, again, I think it's just going to cause theaters to up their game where you can't just have mediocre seats or you can't have mediocre food or you can't have mediocre pro- projection. Like you have to be like at the top of your game. Yep. And I don't, I, but I don't know if all those theaters are going to abide by that. No, I don't think so either. I, I, I think like AMC and mass will probably like go away maybe. And we get, I think, I think the theater experience would be better on a smaller scale, but also mm-hmm. at least like a smaller scale being like a hundred people or 50 people. And oh, so you're just talking about like reducing the auditorium sizes. Yeah. And make it a more comfortable and chill. I don't know. I'm open to ideas. Maybe. I'm thinking like really retro futurism here, but you know, like give me like some like sofa couch that I could like stretch. I mean, and there there are there are places like that, but yeah, I'm like Dolby Cinemas, just yeah. everywhere, but smaller. I mean, I think that's pro- like that's has to be I think the goal for these theater chains, where it's like even like I've kind of been converted to Regal this past couple of months up up until. Obviously, there's no <laughs> movies to go to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and up until they got Pepsi instead of Coke, which I'll never forgive them for. But <laughs> so sorry. Uh, <laughs> up, up until that point, like I like the recliners. There, I like reserved seat on every movie. I don't have to worry about where I'm gonna sit, or if I can show up right when I want and have to like, oh, well, maybe there's a seat over there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's not really room. Or whatever. I know where I'm gonna sit. It's great. And I like their popcorn better than AMC's at this point. So. That's great, um, but even a, even at Regal, there are different there are different qualities because they have laser projectors and li- and regular projectors. And so, like one day, I saw uh, I saw Bad Boys for Life, and which was really good, right? Yeah, really good. Such a surprise. That's great news. It was it was yeah. I mean, I already heard a lot of the hype about it. So everybody's like, "This movie's actually really good." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever. We'll see." And I was like, "No, this is actually like." <laughs> fantastic um i think i saw it was that and i want to say like underwater or maybe it was rhythm section um but i don't it doesn't really matter but i saw bad boys first it was great big auditorium laser projector it looked it looked fantastic next movie it's just regular projector oh no smaller theater and just the difference in quality i was like what's wrong with this projector and so it's just like even like something like that, which I'm sure a lot of people will not catch or understand because you only, I'm only comparing it because I just saw a movie in laser. But now when I'm going to Regal, I, I'm I'm checking to make sure I'm like, is this a laser? If it's yeah. not, I'm like, eh, whatever. It affects your experience. If you can yeah. have consistent experiences across the entire thing, like you're gonna go there and be like, all right, well here's I'm gambling now, I guess, right. or like you know you're gonna drill into the details of a movie ticket like that. I didn't even know we're there for like the first. 10 years of my life right. and you look you can be like oh they have some specifics here that's actually yeah. pretty cool and then you finally like oh okay you're getting the crappy theaters in the very back or getting the getting the theaters all the way in the back and you're like oh that's where all of the projectors and seats go to die yeah you're like oh you're in uh you're in theater 18 i'm like ah oh, crap <laughs> that's never a good sign the walk the walk isn't so much the hard part it's just like when you get back yeah. there you're like 
in my head, I'm like, well, at least if there's someone shoots up this theater, this will be the last place they check. That's true. <laughs> That's dark. But um, it's like it's like either like the super high numbers or like one or two. You're like, I don't want to be in that theater. No, because <laughs> they're they're super small and they're probably the crappiest ones. And yep. they've like, well, this only has like 50 seats in it anyway, so we'll take the good chairs out of this one, put them in the mm-hmm. bigger auditoriums that are have worn out seats. Like it's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Sometimes there's sodas just sitting face down <laughs> right. on them. You're like, how is the liquid still staying in there? I, I have so many questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what do you think? Do you think that like theaters going to be changed drastically once things kind of get back to normal? I don't. Yeah, I think so because like their business model's flimsy now. You know. Yeah. Like we finally gotten like the the passes, like movie pass changed theater economics for the better for consumers. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and then like what that next thing is going to be is like, well, people just got used to watching new movies at home. Yeah. So, and it was definitely cheaper. They're paying five bucks a month for Disney Plus. And they get to binge watch the same five shows over and over and over again. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have to come up with something new to get people back in the door, particularly because it's going to be coming right out of the period where people have not gone to the theaters and have gotten accustomed to digging into Netflix's queue, mm-hmm. Disney, digging at Disney Plus, surfing through Hulu. Got to come up with something. So Black Widow and James Bond and those temple movies are going to be like one thing. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be like enough to get consistent business or else you're just really hoping Disney does not pull the plug or change things up, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if Disney was like, yeah, instead of doing because they're already the studio that makes the least amount of movies per year because there's like we're going to make six to seven big movies that are going to make close to a billion dollars each. And we'll like ride our entire company on that model. Mm-hmm. If there's like, yeah, we're only gonna do like two to three, and then we're gonna do some other hundred to hundred fifty million dollar movies for Disney Plus. Like that would that in and of itself would cost, like that would potentially like ruin the movie industry, like for theaters at least. Like then you're talking about okay, like can Warner Brothers or Paramount or Universal like step up and like take all that extra money, or is Disney Plus's Disney Plus's subscriber count just go through the roof? And then that's just how they do it. Yeah, and you mean you have to you'd have to imagine that there is extra money there that people still want to go to those places. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what if Disney's business is what keeps theater chains and like you know rolling? Same thing for Warner Brothers or mm-hmm. um, Paramount or anything like that. Yeah, like, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, like you said, the their overhead for the first two three weeks. I mean, like their ticket preventive ticket sales is incredibly high, mm-hmm. but like if you can get a hundred percent of that. 100% of the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, why not go for it? Yeah, like I think, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll definitely change things, but yeah, I, I really hope it doesn't change things too much. Well, like, I don't I don't want to be that case where it's what Spielberg predicted, even though he's much smarter than I am, and he's probably right, where that's where we're heading. Um, but I still want to have, like, the chance to go see, like, uh, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, a, like a, a, a decent, like, Ford v. Ferrari. I still want a chance to go see Ford v Ferrari on it on the big screen in a movie theater yeah. and not at my home on Hulu. Exactly. I want to like watch Invisible Man, freak out with the audience. Like there was, there's never been a more, there's never been a more fun movie experience for me than seeing Star Wars back on the big screens together with everybody, or seeing Us. Like one of the first yeah. horror movies that I saw with like a packed audience. Oh yeah, my screen of uh, Get Out. I think that that made that movie even better than it actually is. You know, I think that movie is fantastic, but like, just the crowd engagement. I think that 
first impression will always stick with you no matter what it is. And having something like that where you're, the crowd's rowdy, they're loving it. It's like the same thing like the Fast and Furious movies. Like a lot of the time, the crowd is so into it. They're mm-hmm. they're clapping, they're cheering along. Like, oh my gosh, can't believe Dom just triple jumped over three cars. You're like, I don't know how that's possible, but yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're going to still enjoy that probably more than if you were just like watching home. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Or maybe the exact opposite thing is going to happen and people are going to be so fed up at being at home and they're going to be like, all right, I need to go out I and think, flex some bucks. I think I think that is a legit like case, especially like when you're talking about being like the first potential movie out the gate. Like I don't think theaters are going to open up nationwide and just like, boom, first weekend, we're back to normal because no. people are still going to be hesitant to go be in large crowds and all that stuff. But if you can be Black Widow or uh, Top Gun Maverick or – uh, Tenet, you can be some, you know, late June, early July. I know Tenet, it could get delayed. Just thought about Tenet. Could be terrible. Um, but I mean, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously that doesn't really mean a lot compared to what else is happening. But in terms of the movie industry and stuff, like, yeah, yeah. that's that'd be very disappointing. We're, we're talking on a relative scale. Yes, here. obviously. Um, <laughs> this is devastating. <laughs> but like, I think there is a huge opportunity to be like, okay. The U.S. is at a place where, like, we're not reporting new cases. Like, mm-hmm. everything is getting back to normal. And then to be that first big movie out the gate, I think you have – there is max potential there to be, like – like, somebody like me, I am dying to get back into theater. Just, like, even just, like, get out of my house for more than, like, food. Yeah. Like, people are going to want to go out and do stuff. And if you can be, like, here is this big tentpole movie. Come see it with your family. And enjoy the heck out of it. I think people are going to turn out in large numbers once everything's normalized. And that's where we could see, like, this not change as much as I think it potentially could. I mean, it's going to change whenever an industry probably loses, like, $20 billion uh, (laughs) in a year because of how much things change. But, like... I hope it's not too drastic. No, I don't... It'll be nuts to see what happens, like... $1,200 $1,200 checks aren't really going to like, you know, send people to, right. you know, buying subscription services when you're like, well, I don't know what my next one's going to be. Right. Just, like, so. Oh, no, I need to pay off my mortgage and bills and all this other stuff. Like that's not subscription services are going to be the first things to go. Maybe um, even though you're probably depending on them for some sort of sanity in terms of what's like, I need to get my mind off of things in the real world. So I want to watch a movie or a show or right. something. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's like, an important part of this too but um have you been watching anything else besides midnight's out on repeat I have <laughs> the, the n- no i no? have not I have, I have not watched an actual online movie since i have not watched a movie since onward what is that right that can't be right gosh alex i mean you are missing out i have well, I yeah this I is have the prime time falling off the wagon wait no 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 um, like Star Wars is, is like been back there. Rise of Skywalker's been back there. Oh, of course. Um, I finally got to. Uh, no, no, I finally get to. I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Um, The Lighthouse. I got to there. What was the uh, struggle to pay attention for that? That's also coming to Prime. I think in like a couple weeks. So yes. I'm gonna watch it whenever it drops there. But um, what was the one movie you tweeted about? And I was like, you're finally watching this. And you're like, I'll have my review up on Letterbox, and you never did. Oh, and what was it? 
I don't know. Because I remember I was just like, I did watch it. I'm I was sure. Like, oh yeah, I'm just excited that you were finally watching this movie. But I don't remember what it was. Do you know what letter it starts with? Uh, no, but I can give you a one in twenty six chance of I can guess it right. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Wait a minute. Here we go. Cooper Hood tweets at Josh Straley. Here we go. This is how this is how we'll do it, man. Thank goodness for uh, advanced searches, right? Advanced searches are the best. Probably Movie Cooper. Yeah, that that is my account. Yes. There we go. Make sure you guys follow him <laughs> on there. And we didn't do plugs at the top of the show. Did we do plugs yeah. at the top of the show or the end of the show? Uh, we we normally did them at the top, but that's right. It's like no, it's at the end too. Us, but yeah, we do it. Both. We plug the show at the top, and the and then ourselves the, the at the very end. Back. Yeah. Which yeah. ABP always be plugging from <laughs> Movie Cooper. Uh, I did not tweet that. Just, just no right that, that's that, that's me so yeah. if that's offensive or anything <laughs> no that's, I, don't, that's I, I, don't th- I don't think it is but i mean I guess right. it, it could be yeah i don't know i don't okay. think about that ddl oh it's right oh, there will be blood yes. yes i did watch there was be- there will be blood there is blood it takes, <laughs> it takes a little while but then like it just all goes ballistic but yeah um i love it because it's like capitalism set in the west like entrepreneur versus the world but then just total insanity not insanity but yeah insanity it's just it's grave and heavy mm-hmm. like every scene except for the part where he gives whiskey to a baby I, 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 I love that so much um yeah if i have weirdly enough i have not watched much of daniel day lewis's career like lincoln that movie where i got sick Phantom Thread, and <laughs> sick um, of the movie or just sick in general? Just got sick in general. Yeah. It's like it's like, oh, why would this movie end? And then he gets sick of the movie from poisoning. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, this is the worst. Exactly. And then um, there'll be blood. Yeah, because I just can't bring myself to watch Gangs of New York. It just looks, I don't know. It's good. It's good. I enjoyed it. It looks kitschy for oh, some reason. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought it was not going to be. And I think it gets a bad rap. But I thought it was, I thought it was I thought it was better than I expected a two hour forty five minute you know sort of gangster war movie yeah uh, from Scorsese to be but yeah it's I I enjoyed myself watching it and okay. uh, what else is he, I mean he's been in uh, Last of the Mohicans that's a solid one solid movie um, yeah I, mean, I know there's other DDL performances okay, out there yeah but so I did I think, get I think, I think those are the four that I've seen. Yeah, I never did get the white letterbox. I, there will be something about it soon. Um, but, yes, I can remember. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, good actor. He should be in movies more. True, but now he's retired. That's right. <laughs> Shoot. So, not, that's not going to happen. How about you? Uh, I mean, I've been trying to purge through my Netflix queue and mm-hmm. uh, my watch lists on Amazon Prime and Hulu. <laughs> there you go. Just trying to get through as much as possible. Uh, because it's like there's no better time <laughs> than right now, um, and it's it's gone it's gone pretty well so far. It's mainly like days where I don't have to do my day job. Obviously, is when I can catch the most. Yeah. Um, but I watch. Let's see. Kind of go through my log here. Chasing Amy. Watch that for the first time. Kevin Smith movie. Thought it was pretty good. Affleck's good in it. Um, but I don't totally buy the the lead chemistry uh, there between him and uh, Joey Lauren Adams. I think is. Uh, the, the female lead there. Yeah. Um, I watched Sleeping with Other People. 
uh, starring Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis. That was hysterical, uh, but also like heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And it was a very good time. It's on Netflix, so easily easy watch uh, and recommendation. Also watch Superstar. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, this is a Molly Shannon Will Ferrell movie from what? Uh, 1999, Superstar. where Molly Shannon wants to be this. She's this Catholic girl who just wants to be a superstar. That's all she wants. Uh, and whatever, however, however that happens, whatever that means, is kind of just up to her. Okay. Uh, but then Will Ferrell is like the hot shot jock at her school, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, oh the movie, gosh. the movie, just kind of like okay. Uh, but there are there are some funny sequences in it. So like you know, if you want uh, a quick laugh, it's only an hour and twenty minutes long. So oh, like, that's it the is, perfect. Time. It is quick. Um, also, let's see. Rewatched The Hate You Give, all the Indiana Jones movies, uh, Source Code. Love that movie. Yeah. If you have not seen Source Code, I don't know if it's actually streaming anywhere at the moment, but like that's a fantastic film. Um, as far as sort of newer things, I watched The Platform, which is on Netflix. Ooh. Have you seen it? No, but oh. I just looked at it on Netflix like 10 seconds ago. I'm like, I remember <laughs> reading about this movie. Yes, I, I heard a review about this movie from the Collider crew, like, I don't know, like October or something. Like It was months ago, and there was like, this movie is incredible. Like you have to watch it whenever it's available on Netflix. I'm like, okay, great. And so I've been like kind of waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And then it just finally popped up. I was like, oh yeah, this movie. It is wild. It has like brilliant premise. I don't think the ending, it doesn't probably stick the landing as much as it kind of needed to. Um, but it's a movie that like, I, I just admitted it was like, this is going to be remade in the next 10 years by an American, like, like huge director. And have a huge star attached, and it's gonna like probably get in, like an Oscar nomination. No kidding, because like it's it is such a uh, a character study, but like it's it's like trippy. It's like the movie like I would envision like like the Safdie brothers and Robert Pattinson to do in like ten years, what? and just do it like a little more wild than what it is right now. But, in like, my head, canon, I thought it would be like Snowpiercer. It's it's a little like that, yeah. But like I can see like them doing something like really dark and sort of twisted. Um, and taking this premise like to sort of like different uh directions. Oh my gosh, this sounds crazy. But yeah, it is it is nuts. Um, the one thing I would say, at least for me, Netflix automatically uh put it on the dubbed version, which was weird mm-hmm. <laughs> because their obviously their mouths don't line up with the words, so I just right. switched it to the natural. Uh, so I think it's just Spanish, um, and just watch it with subtitles, and it was still it was still great. But yeah, it is really wild and uh, an easy recommend that's on Netflix right now. Um, what else? Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh yes, yes, Told yes, you, yes, uh, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, a movie that you were very high and brought to my attention, pretty much, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. I think I think it it starts off so strong that the rest of the movie is like it's incapable of keeping up with it. Yeah. But like the first like four or five songs are like just pitch perfect they're so good i have the soundtrack download up and let's do it constantly um it is it is a really good time and i think ella hunt was really fantastic and i can't wait to see what else she does i guess with her career but yeah it is it's the perfect uh zombie apo- i mean it's, it's it's a perfect plague movie go watch it right yeah <laughs> pretty much uh what else i watched lost girls uh, another Netflix film. This one stars Amy Ryan and Thomas and McKenzie, um, about Amy Ryan, uh, one of her daughters is uh, suddenly kidnapped and lost. And then they find out that there's like this big potential conspiracy of like the long beach killer who's been kidnapping and killing, uh, girls for like years. Oh geez. And it's like, it's okay. 
it probably could have used like a stronger script and everything but i mean it's it's fine for like a quick you know netflix stream right now um what else i watched this zoe dutch movie flower on i think it's on amazon prime or on hulu on the two always interested in these things and it is a very strange movie it doesn't really work for me um but I don't really want to get into why. Okay. <laughs> Just in case somebody either does want to watch it. Um, it's the basic premise is that Zoe Dutch, um, she's in high school and her mom gets this new boyfriend slash fiance, I think. Oh, and then who's played by Tim Heidecker and Tim's uh, son gets out of rehab. And then it's about them initially, like not really liking each other, but then figuring out her learning that he, uh, was um potentially or he 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 claims that he was uh raped by a school teacher who is from that town and is played by adam scott (laughs) and uh that zoe dutch's character thinks is really attractive and so then they try to like frame him and get him like arrested basically but then there's a lot of weird twists and turns that come after that. That did not go the way I was expecting. No, it is. And I'm like, it is delightful um, teen comedy. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean the, <laughs> the, 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 the quick blurb on IMDb is, a sexually curious teen forms an unorthodox kinship with her mentally unstable stepbrother. And so, like, <laughs> it takes a lot of weird turns, and that's why I think it's probably, it probably bites off way too much that it can actually uh, handle. But mm. Um, mm. I also watched Honey Boy, finally, oh. which was... Uh, very good. I don't think it it didn't blow me away as I think it did a lot of other people. Okay. Um, just because there's this whole element where Lucas Hedges is playing like the sort of modern Shia LaBeouf where he's like in rehab and it doesn't really connect with like the story I was actually interested in, which was like, Shia as a kid with Shia playing his dad and then Noah Jupe playing young Shia and he's great in the movie. Um, I was more interested in that story than what is Shia doing now? I mean, it's sort of necessary just for like the thematic purposes of the movie. Yeah. But it didn't, that, that whole section kind of lost my interest. Is it based on, is it, I know it's based on his experiences in his life. Is it a biopic? Yeah. Yeah. Noah Jupe is young Shia LaBeouf. That's his name. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's something else because Shia LaBeouf is his stage name. Yeah. Um, so it's whatever, really it's whatever his actual name is, but yeah. It is, and like you can tell that it's a very personal movie for him. So like, it's cool on that regard to be like, oh, he is like working some stuff out here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still would probably contend that if he would have just told his story to another screenwriter who had actually done this before, and let them write it instead of him writing it himself, yeah. we probably would have got a better movie. Interesting. Um, what else? We didn't talk about Parasite. How could oh. we not talk about the best picture? Like literally being the best picture. It what I mean what a what a great surprise even though it shouldn't be a surprise but just be like yes the academy you did it <laughs> right because I was so prepared for 1917 I was like 1917 you're a great technical achievement but mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about that story uh, <laughs> and, but Parasite is like it is the bomb yeah and I have yet to buy it for some reason but I I really want to rewatch it I was so lo- I mean I missed it in theater which, which I hate myself for but it was like up on VOD like before Oscars like yeah. before the Oscars which was like a blessing so just jumped right on that and did not see the way the movie would go at all like, there are like six or seven of those moments where I'm like what? yeah <laughs> like you, you get an idea of what the movie is and you're like oh it's 
oh, it's, it's, it's a caper. It's about this family. It's, and then you're like, oh no, now we're now it's like a hikes movie. Yeah. And then it just gets dark, and you're like, oh okay, but it's but it's go it's gonna go back, right? We're gonna laugh again. No, no laughing. Oh, this Definitely is getting not. so much worse. Yeah. Right up till the end, then you're just like, well, now my heart's broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about the idea of? There's been talk of him and Adam McKay doing a, an HBO series based based around it. I, I still don't remember if it's a continuation. The Mark Ruffalo thing? Oh, yeah. So it's it's an American version, I think. Yeah. No. Why? I mean, why Why is Adam McKay the only satirist that we have? Like, no, know. no thanks. This, you is, know what? this is perfect. Like, I, I, I will trust it that it will be good. Because Bong will still be involved. As long as he's still involved, I think it will turn out well. Um, not to say I don't trust Adam McKay, but I think just like Bong's hands being there, I'm like, I know the message and everything won't be lost um, through the translation or anything. But I was, I have been thinking, uh, I've seen this on Twitter and stuff too, but like, I can't wait to see the Adam McKay takes on <laughs> oh. uh, the financial economic crisis that comes from coronavirus. Oh my gosh. Like he's, he's currently working on a movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, uh, the third about, like, picture. Bad blood. That, but he has a second one, uh, which is about a, I think it's a comet is supposed to come and hit Earth and like kill everybody. And it's Jennifer Lawrence and then some uncast co-star. And like two scientists trying to like convince people like this is going to happen. But it's um, so, like, I can see him working something like that into something like what's happening now into that movie. Yeah. But the bad blood thing, I was like, oh, <laughs> I could <laughs> see him getting like very topical with that as well potentially yeah oh so many good jokes about that too we're like if only we had a machine that could test for multiple diseases that was one (laughs) vial of blood (laughs) right train to busan i I, there's a couple there's a couple movies that i've seen here that i haven't really like you know tossed out there but it's been like a couple weeks so like i haven't thought currently on them that movie rips oh it is so good phenomenal doesn't it does not slow down but like it does slow down but also like you're interested the performances yeah. and the acting and everything like that is phenomenal. Yeah, the uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's the lead. He's the he's the bulkier one of the the main kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to be in Eternals. That uh, that uh, dude. Yeah, his name is uh, I think his American his American in quotes uh, name is Don Lee. I think or Don yeah Don Lee or Don Johnson. No, it's not Don Johnson. Uh, that's the nice out guy. Um, but his real his Regular name is like Madong Siak. Yes, I think. that's him. Um, but yeah, he's great. At that movie. That's why I was like, I watched that. I think right after he was cast, Eternals. I was like, ooh, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yes, please. Heart and just like pound zombies to like bloody pulp. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's also one that's going to be remade in English at some point. Really, I think it, it, it's in the works. And that, but there's also a Trainee Basan sequel. That's like coming out this year, apparently. Like, there's been images going on Twitter. It's like first look. I was like, "What? Well this is a thing? Okay, cool. Perfect. Oh yeah, I think I think it's a. I think I want to say it's James Wan who's doing the remake. Nice. That makes I sense. Think, I think. Don't. I mean, I could fact check myself, but I don't really feel like it at this point. Um, and it's a search term. So okay, well, it's probably right then. Um, what else? There's a couple other ones that I've watched. Well, really, just two that I want to mention. Please. Life after Beth. I've heard this it's name. It's directed by Jeff Banna, who, before we record, I'm telling you, he's the director of Horse Girl, who I interviewed uh, for Screen Rant, so you can go read that on Screen Rant if you really want to. Um, but it, it's on Netflix. It kind of popped up. I was like, oh, yeah, this movie. Um, 
And so I wanted to. I, I had seen one of his other movies besides Horse Girl, and I was like, it's got Aubrey Plaza and Dane DeHaan and um, uh, who else? Molly Shannon's in there and John C. Riley. It's like it's like, it's got a really good cast. Um, and I was like, I don't really know what it was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of that like Dane DeHaan is this guy, and that Aubrey Plaza, his girlfriend, dies. And then I was like, I don't know what the rest of the movie's about. And it is wild if you just go in with that premise and but it's also hysterical like it is so funny and at least i thought it was Mm -hmm. i saw people who did not like it nearly as much as i did uh (laughs) online so uh maybe it was just hit me at the right time but i thought it was really funny and i would recommend it highly on netflix holy smokes it looks very twisted and she's like in his head type thing I, I don't want to give it away because it, right. it is just wild how, how what happens. Um, <laughs> it's on the list. Great. Uh, and the, la- the, the, pre- the most recent thing I watched is last night, as of this recording, I watched The Kings of Summer, hmm. which is uh, Jordan Vogt-Roberts' uh, feature debut, pretty much. I mean, he'd done some shorts and some TV movies and stuff, but this was his the movie that kind of put him on the map to get Kong's Island, ultimately. Nice. Um, it stars uh, Nick Robinson. And uh, Nick Offerman plays his father, but it's pretty, it, it revolves around Nick Robinson and this, these two other uh, teens who, during the summer, they're kind of fed up with their home lives and decide to go to this remote part of the forest. There's like this strange opening and build a house and live there. And so it's like them being the kings of the summer and becoming men. And there's a lot of it is it's very funny, but also like a great movie about like friendship and growing up and independence and manhood and um, a lot of great stuff. And Nick Robinson's very good in it. Uh, Nick Offerman's good. Uh, Aaron Moriarty from um, uh, The Boys plays the uh, plays really? Starlight. I think is her character name um, in that mo- in that show. Uh, she's in there as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is it, is, it was very good, and I could see why it kind of kind of vaulted Jordan Vogt Roberts up into a. A different tier as a director so yeah uh, i'd recommend that one i think that's on prime i'm pretty sure it's where i watch that but yeah i've just been trying to crank through <laughs> as you could tell a lot of content this looks incredibly reverent like i am all for it there's nick offerman's got some ninja swords <laughs> oh, yeah. what yeah that that is a, that's an interesting scene i am all for that unless you know it goes off the rails but wow yeah yeah sign it, me up it, it's pretty solid um any TV? Any TV? No, other than the Clone Wars, season seven, six. Season seven. seven. Yes. So far, loving it. The Bad Batches, they're my favorite clones of all time. <laughs> like in that, uh, I mean, I knew from the first episode this season was going to be on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, just from like, I think there's like three or four moments, like there's just like one takes in the direction. And I'm like, wow. That was incredible. Yeah. And like they've, they've clearly poured more money into the animation. Anakin's hair is waving all over the place now. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's A plus. I'm loving it. Yeah, I really I've really enjoyed it. Um but I think that uh the most recent episode as of our recording, um, the first Ahsoka one, I think that's just my favorite so far just because I just really like Ahsoka and I'm just I was glad I as much as I enjoyed the Bad Batch storyline, I was ready for like the Ahsoka, Clone Wars, Mandalore takeover stuff. Like I was ready for that stuff to come back into my pic- into the picture. So I'm excited for that to take over the next like what eight episodes or whatever many are left. Yeah, or seven. Exactly. So yeah, that that's that's what I am uh, really looking forward to. And on that note, 
She's coming to Mandalorian Heck potentially. Yes. Like played great by news. played by Rose Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, and you couldn't ask for a better person to bring Ahsoka into live action. I mean, could you? I don't think so. I, don't I mean, th- if her I, Zoe Zaldana would be like one of the two people I thought of, that, who are who are I mean, who are affecting Zoe and needs the, you know, the 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 orange paint colored character. That's you know, right. she's, she's got, got blue, she's got green. Uh, you know, she she needs to complete you know, continue going down that path. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't wait. Uh, it really it's it. I I can't wait to see obviously what they do with with Ahsoka at yeah. this time period, picking up after the events of Rebels, obviously, um, and then hopefully have like the idea of her and Giancarlo Esposito's Moff Gideon probably fighting, uh, lightsabers versus dark sabers. I'm like that is like who. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that is, it's going to be so sweet. Yeah. And then baby Yoda's going to be back, and she's probably going to hug him or cuddle him probably. and hold him in her arms. That would be so nice. Or train him. And then there's the idea that, like, Sabine is probably, like, I mean, like, how would you not I don't c- know. come back around to put up, make to, to insert a live-action Sabine into the series? I, I have no idea. I mean, and she has stupid not. Uh, history with the Darksaber, obviously. She is a fellow Mandalorian. Like, yep. it makes too much sense not to happen the only reason i could see it not happening is if they're like we're doing ahsoka now so then we can do a ahsoka sabine live action series as a follow-up or something or like a spinoff and that's what they want to do instead maybe they don't put her in mandalorian for some reason i don't know but i am very excited even though i think it'll be a very uh it'll be like a one episode appearance probably oh that'll suck yeah, which I think that's like that's the one potential disappointment of the report is like now until October when Mandalorian season two is currently scheduled to debut. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. That's like the highlight is Ahsoka, 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 and it's gonna be like great, but she's only gonna be in like two episodes. <sighs> and so like, ah, End of the season. Look, this is this probably is new. So this is probably her showing up and being like, "You want to know where Baby Yoda's from?" Let's go. <laughs> right. Or, oh, you need to need somebody to teach you about the Force and all this stuff? I'm your gal. <laughs> Baby Yoda training the Force with. Yeah. By Ahsoka? I mean, come on. I didn't even think of this. Dude, This this new that, that new season will be incredible. It's, it's going to be nuts. I'm hyped. Yeah. But I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I have anything else really. I, I, I'm exhausted. We've kind of ran the gamut. We've gone for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So... That's an average length. That, that, that is a very average conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll when we'll do this again, but it was good to get back on the mic. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, we'd obviously oh. seen each other before this, but yeah, right, good stuff, phenomenal. And then, like, also the thing that spurred this, at least in my head, Taylor Swift could definitely write a good screenplay. Yeah. Okay. Could you explain that real quick? Yes. As we close out here. Uh, of course. I've been listening to Lover, um, her album. Have not listened to a no. single song. Okay. Well, I've listened to the song Paper Rings. I'm like, wow. There is this song is fun, upbeat, poppy. It would make a great comedy. There's lots of irony going on here, and the and basically the premise of the song is she just like really likes this guy, and so she pretends to be she like pretends not to be interested with him for like three months or so, but then she's also like. I am super, like obsessed with them in her head. So she's just like studying and researching and then like playing a game of cat and mouse until eventually they get together. And then she would marry him with a paper ring because she loves him that much. Okay. And the irony in the movie is so thick that I'm thinking, you know what? She knows how to tell a really good story and be subtle about things, but you very clearly know like what she's getting mm-hmm. at and what she's aching at. And she's just like, 
Well, you know, like the the songs, the song's attitude is I'm obsessed with you, but the lyrics are very like, oh yeah, I could care less, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll see, you know, kind of like playing it cool. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this would be a good film, and that's kind of where it came out of. I okay. Don't, I don't know if, like, I, you know, actually I do. It, it should happen. Someone should buy the rights. And just run to, with it. to that song. To that song. I mean, not the rights. The mm. screenplay based off that song. And then you can get Taylor Swift to would write that, it. Would that be the first time that's ever happened? I don't know. Songs turn into movies, right? I don't know. The Gambler? The is Gambler? <laughs> is that the only one? <laughs> is that based on the song? I don't mean, like, I guess. Like, it's about playing cards and betting and knowing when okay. to walk away. And Mark Wahlberg eventually knows when to walk away. Does he? Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I have actually. Oh wow! Yeah, he. I have not. I, I was like, eh, I like Mark Wahlberg. It but. makes Brie Larson's appearance in it really weird. Knowing huh. the age disparity there, it's just strange. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, but it's, it's a terrible movie. Yeah, I mean that's what I kind of heard. So, and then he's just like, I want to run home. He's like, Would you want some money? He's like, Nope, I don't want the money. And he just keeps running home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. John Goodman in the bathhouse. If you want to watch. A decent gambling movie. Watch Mississippi Grind. Yes. Ryan Reynolds, right? Yep. Or Ryan Gosling. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. They're very good in that. And it's Anna directed Bone, by Ryan Fleck. Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck. Not doing Captain Marvel 2 also, so. Um, oh, they're not officially? No, I mean, I don't know if it's official official, but like that's the report out there that they're in search for a new director and that they'll maybe do a Disney Plus show or something. Oh, instead. cool so, for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not super upset about that, but. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Mississippi Grind. That's right. I think it's. I think that's streaming somewhere. But Amazon probably. Probably. So, uh, yeah, that's it for this quarantine edition of Friends and Film. Uh, if you want to see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Twitter at Movie Cooper. And if you want to see what I'm up to, at just Joshua Ryan. Yeah, and uh, just I guess stay following the Friends and Film main Twitter account. Stay subscribed because you, know, you never know when. A new episode will pop up in your feed. <laughs> I may log in. Then things will get wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Josh regains access. <laughs> that, that will be the, uh, the true extent of the quarantine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, so we will see you guys later.